Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Fill in the Gap podcast. Uh, Christian, I'm not going to lie, when we were doing that uh, intro there, it took everything w- within me not to just uh, scream. Scream? <laughs> yeah. What do you mean? Because, okay, so um, obviously we're not going to like post this, but uh, a couple couple back when we were recording, when we were doing the intro, Christian just a mess with me because I was trying to be very serious and trying not to laugh. He just screamed into the mic just to ruin the recording. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, was, I basically, so before we record pretty much every time Michael's like, all right, let's go three, two, one. And then he hits the record and hits the music. Um, but yeah, no, I, I was just, I was in a silly goofy moon. Huh? So you, <laughs> you hit the thing and like in the middle of it, I was like, ah! you were, you were like, um, we're keeping it. Yeah. He was like, we're keeping it. And I was like, no, we're not. But, uh, but yeah, no, excited to be back for another episode, you know? Yep, going, um, going back to Tale Three Kings. Yeah, yeah, part two, Tale Three Kings. Uh, don't copyright us, Tale Three Kings. Go buy the book, everybody. Oh, uh, what's his name? Uh, we are not sponsored by them, um, and we are not ripping them off. We are just talking about uh, topics that come up in the book. Yeah, so um, thank you, Mr. Gene Edwards. And you can vote. You know what? In the, in the bottom of this post, if I remember it, uh, <laughs> I'm going to put a poll, and like we've talked about before, it doesn't translate from Spotify to Apple. So if you're on Spotify, you'll have a chance to vote. If you like these two episodes, do you want episodes um, in sequential order of Michael just reading The Tale of Three Kings? (laughs) Do you guys just do a a Spotify audio book? We would definitely get sued. They would probably take down our entire podcast. But but yeah, no, I'm excited to get into it. But uh, we have a question today. Yeah, what's what's Um, the question? the, The question is... What is your favorite restaurant that is not fast food? Okay. Uh, it's going to sound very, uh, very Southern to me. Yeah. But I've had a lot of great memories, uh, especially hanging out with uh, some buddies back in Mobile. I'm going to have to say Texas Roadhouse. Texas Roadhouse. <laughs> Bro, what are some of these great memories that you have at Texas Roadhouse? Dude, like every time. So I remember back in uh, after high school, me and Braxton, uh, we would just leave and do. We would just always go to Texas Roadhouse, uh, Japanese Express. That's another really good Japanese one. Japanese Express, dude. I missed it. But could you get that as fast food? I mean, you have to get out of your car and walk in. I mean, it's pretty quick. I would kind of consider them fast. A lot food. of people are probably like that place is trash. But I mean, hey. You got like two pounds of chicken and rice for Dude. like seven dollars. When you're broke in high school, it was the best. But no, Texas Roadhouse. I mean, the rolls amazing. They they still got peanuts, uh, and then also especially the one in Mobile. One up here a little bit lacking, but the one in Mobile, dude, they have phenomenal steaks. Okay, so. What you got? Uh, well, let's not get off the topic nah, here. No, nah, let's, let's not, not get off of it. Listen, here's my thought on steakhouses. Um, the only steakhouse that actually seasons their food is Outback Steakhouse. Every other steakhouse barely, and I mean barely, seasons Dude, their nah, food. Nah, nah, not the one mobile. It'd be good. Okay. Well, you're talking about one restaurant out of a chain. You <laughs> asked. You asked. What is my favorite? Restaurant. Okay. But, but I mean, also, like, uh, I think people only like Texas Roadhouse because of the rolls and the, was it cinnamon butter or yeah. like honey butter or something like that? Right, um, but good. I mean, hey, hey, you know, I, I have, I will admit, I will admit, as much as I'm janking on them right now, um, Rachel and I did like a movie night one time where I picked up some food and brought it home. And as a surprise to her, because uh, I don't remember what food I picked up, but I also went to Texas Roadhouse and just got like a dozen rolls. With Dude, butter and just brought them home. But all I'm saying is this. When you're asking me what place I want to go, I'm also thinking about the rolls. I mean, look, I mean, you got Longhorn, what, they give you a loaf of bread? 
and a knife <laughs> on a block yeah. of wood. Yeah. I mean, come on, man. I, I want that. I want that fresh. <laughs> they want you to cut your own loaf, dude. <laughs> it's kind of, at that point, this can be another episode, but at that point, you know, a, a steak, so you got the rolls, which are, you know, by hand eating, yeah, yeah. dipping in the butter. If you go to a, another steakhouse and they basically just hand you a loaf and don't get me wrong, Outback does the same thing. Um, but terrible. They give you a loaf and a knife. At that point, are you not just eating Korean barbecue? Okay, I've never been to a Korean barbecue. So a Korean barbecue place is basically where they just bring out all the food and you cook it yourself. <laughs> At that point, is I it? Mean, you're is not it, cooking the bread, <laughs> but you're cutting it up. Sure, right, that's right. the lowest. Um, okay, so my what favorite restaurant. Like? My favorite restaurant. Um, I would say my favorite restaurant. I'm not going to say a chain. You know, I feel like we should come back to this, and and you know, I might have a different answer another day. But I'm not going to say a chain. Uh, if you are from North Alabama, there is a restaurant in Rogersville, Alabama, which is about 30 minutes east of Florence, um, yeah. which is, you know, I'm not going to tell people where I live, but I live out in this area, right? Um, and there is a first thing, first time I've ever seen this. There, I don't remember the name of it, so don't, or it may come to me, but <laughs> That's, okay. I don't remember the name of this it. This isn't very helpful. But you'll find it. If you drive on 72 in Rogersville, you'll Take find it. Take a left it. at the at the tree. I at think the it red might be light. called like, uh, I don't know. But either way, it's a Mexican Japanese restaurant. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think it's called like El Patron or something. I can't uh-huh. remember. Um, but, uh, but either way, it's a Mexican Japanese restaurant <laughs> where literally you can order enchiladas and you can order hibachi chicken fried rice. In the same meal. Bro, I've never been there, and you're saying this is your favorite? <laughs> Dude, the experience is wild. Bro, we got to go then. I want to like, go. <laughs> like, the food's good. I mean, you know, Mexican, uh, I mean, I, and I get there are some Mexican restaurants that, like, aren't good. But Mexican is typically, you can't go wrong getting Mexican. I love Mexican. One of my favorite cuisines of food. But uh, at this place, me and Rachel literally went and ate there. And we got... I want to say, I can't remember what I got, but my entree was Mexican food. So I got like chimichanga or whatever. And then we got um, some appetizers. So she got Mexican food, I think, for her entree too. Our appetizers were literally crab raccoons and spring rolls. (laughs) This is so weird. (laughs) I was eating it with chimichangas too. (laughs) I mean, you can't tell. Like, I'm not saying it's like the most amazing food I've ever eaten, but the experience. (laughs) If you ever, if you're a person that loves like Chinese, Japanese food and you love Mexican food, but you can't decide. Is it just a freedom of like, oh man, I don't have to decide. I can get everything at once. Yes. And crab ragoons, I don't care where you get them. They're amazing. <laughs> like cream cheese, bro. Load me up with some. Like it, it's, it's good stuff. So if, uh, if you ever come visit us up here in the Florence area, uh, we can take you there. Um, but yeah. <laughs> That's my answer, dude. Uh, I, love it. I, I recommend it. If you're in the Florence area and you're listening, uh, go hit it up for sure. But, uh, but yeah, getting back into the Tale of Three Kings, dog. Yeah. So, uh, obviously, you know, first part of the book, you talk about um, Saul and David. And then afterwards, you got Absalom. So, Absalom is a son of, uh, of David. And he's coming up. And basically, he wants to overthrow his dad. You know, you read the uh, Bible, there's a lot of scripture. I mean, it's, it's not in there for, what, like five chapters maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, he causes so much chaos in that in that short 
scripture time, so much stuff happens in it that David, he's now the king, he's now on the throne, and his son wants to overthrow him, and he he doesn't want to kill his son, obviously. And so now we get the perspective of a person who is now a good leader and now a rebellion wants to happen underneath them. And now we're looking at it at the opposite point of what do you do if you are a leader and you have someone coming up under you that's wants to, you know, it never, Bible never says that Absalom is anointed anywhere in it. Yeah. But now he's wanting to overthrow and take over the kingdom or in our, in our lives, our ministry. We don't know if a person coming up underneath us that's causing this rebellion is anointed and he wants to now take over our ministry. And what do we do with that? Yeah. I think here, herein lies one of the big points of the tale of three Kings. And I think David knows this in the fact, right? And when you look at scripture, I don't, and like we, like we've said in podcasts before me and Michael are no biblical scholars. Not at all. All right. So, you know, Whatever. Go read the stuff for yourself. But in my research before this episode, I didn't see anywhere where Absalom was biblically uh, anointed to be king, right? Yeah. But David was embodying the lesson that I think this book tries to hammer home is that we're human and we, we're supposed to have a relationship with God and we're supposed to follow God. God's supposed to put us into where we're supposed to be, you know, all that stuff. But we don't know who's anointed and who's not. Yeah, that's actually that's actually a huge part of the book of, you know, God knows what He's not telling us. Yeah, exactly. And and I, you know, I don't know that if you're anointed or I don't. You don't know if I'm anointed. Like, you know, I can look at somebody's life and say, oh, they're blessed. You know, that when they preach, it's awesome and all this stuff. They're anointed. We can look at their fruits. Exactly. You can look at the fruit and everything, but I also. You know, I can say that and I can encourage, encourage somebody by saying that, but I also can't look at somebody and be like, oh, well, they're not anointed. Yeah. Because at that point, I'm becoming the judge. Uh, yep. I'm becoming God, you know, yep. and, and we don't know that. And David could have easily in this story, you know, and we're not going to jump ahead on, but he could have easily in this story even been like, nah, he's not anointed, taking him out, right, or whatever. Um, but David, you know, even though it didn't seem right, you know, I, I can't say that he's not anointed. So I'm going to just, I'm just going to step out of the way and let God do what he's going to do. And even the, you know, I hit a little bit on the last one of like, we don't know if Saul even knew if David was anointed because it happened in his home. It was kind of closed doors. I, you know, again, I don't know if it, if it was widely known or if it's just no one knew kind of thing. But, you know, the opposite of that, like you said, David's looking, saying, I don't know if he's been if he's been blessed or not. But one thing I do know that this is God's kingdom. And I'm not if it, if he is anointed, I'm not gonna be in the one stand in the way of that. If God wants to defend me, he will defend me. Mm-hmm. If not, I'm getting out of the way. Yeah. Yeah, and I and I think uh, you know, that is the big part of the book. The we don't know who's anointed and we can't tell somebody that they're not anointed, all that stuff. But you also get in the reason we're talking about Absalom is this. We talked a lot in the last episode about humility. Yes. Right? Humility is super important in ministry. But there's also a point of false humility. And Absalom, if there's anybody that had it, Absalom had it. Yeah. Because 
you know, you read the story and you read, and, and Tale of Three Kings takes its liberties and adds stuff and things like that because it's a book and whatnot. But uh, you have these these things happening where basically uh, Absalom was really popular. Yeah, right. I mean, it he, goes it goes to say that like he's like one of the best looking. Like yep. he's like what every one person would strive to be, potential to be a better leader than even David. Yeah, so essentially, like, if you were going to compare him to somebody from today, like Matthew Griffin. <laughs> I'm just joking with you. Um, but, yeah, no, he was super popular, handsome, you know, had, had all the, he you know, spoke well, all this stuff, right? And starts to become extremely popular in Israel, and Israel starts saying, you know, he basically this uprising, this underswell of people are like, you know what, we're tired of David, you should be king, yeah. all this stuff. But the whole time, the whole time, Absalom's acting like it isn't happening. Well, yeah, because, you know, Scripture talks about how he stands uh, stands on the wall, and he's like, oh, man, only if there was a leader who would change this, you know, wink, wink, can't hint, only if, only if we had a change of leadership would, uh, you know, would our, would our worship team be better if we had a different leader, hint, hint, you know, um, I just struck home with a lot of people by me saying that. Yeah, um, probably, probably. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but it is that false humility of people. There are people out there like that that will stand in front of people knowing that the people love them and bring up some sort of issue and be like, oh, man, only if somebody would be better than David. He knows dang well they're going to pick him. Yep. yep. And, uh, you know, and all this stuff. So it, false humility, I think, is you know it can play a big part in ministry sometimes because there are there are people out there and in even not in ministry just in the regular world yeah. right you're working an office job or whatever there's always going to be that person coming up behind you that you're like oh crap they're coming for my job yep. but when you talk to them it's like oh nothing's happening <laughs> you know I'm not coming for your job what are you talking yeah, yeah, about man yeah. because they don't want you to know that it's happening until it's already happened yep. is what these people are like basically and that false humility can can lead down a dark road um you know Absalom the you know his end his demise right is because of that pride and that false humility um don't things you, like that don't you know, like so I know you have some uh, scripture queued up that even talks about how what the scripture talks about humility. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I have some scriptures from James chapter four that talk about humility. James chapter four, really good. Uh, uh, you know, James, the whole Bible's a good book, right? Mm, thank you. Uh, let me let me just be <laughs> clear. But James is a really good book <laughs> out of the Bible. So um, so read James because it's really good stuff. But uh, but James chapter four. There, uh, I want to say it's verse six. Yeah. Um, but it says, but, uh, God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. Submit yourselves then to God, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners and purify your hearts. You double minded. These false humility people can be very double minded sometimes. Right. Yep. And, and I'm not casting any shade at anybody. You know, we can all get like this from time to time. But uh, grieve, mourn, and wail. Change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will lift you up. Yep. So the whole thing about that, those verses, is just saying humble yourself before the Lord, you know, and he will do the lifting. Yeah. He will, you know, and people, you hear pastors talk about all the time about we're planting seeds, right? 
uh, you know, and, and the thing is, is that I'm going to plant a seed, but God does the growing. Yeah. I might, I'm, I, I'm going to do the work if God allows me to till the soil, to plant seed, all that stuff, but it's not going to grow until God says so, yeah. um, you know, and all these things. So being humble is a huge part of having a relationship with Christ um, so that God can lift you to where you need to be. And, I, and we even see a lot of how uh, David, you know, going back to the first part of the book, of like we were talking about in the cave, you know, he cut his garment and he he felt so bad. He went out and he's like, Oh King, like he, like he says like, Oh majesty. Oh King, even though the dude's still trying to kill him, he has that humility and he, he acknowledges who, you know, where his position is in this and saying, I am just your servant. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, you mind if I read some more? I just, as you were saying that I looked back down at my Bible and I was like, the next couple of verses are really good. Bro, anytime we can get more scripture, I want it. I was going to stop at verse 10, but let's pick up in verse 11. Uh, and this, this can, Ooh, this is, this should step on some church people's toes, right? Because you just mentioned, uh, where a lot of people sometimes would be like, Oh, if we had a better worship leader or if we had a better youth pastor, uh, but, and the people saying this want to just stay in the shadows, right? Yep. They don't want people to know they're saying that. They just want people to know that it's being said. Yeah. Um, right. But, uh, but here's what this says. Verse 11 is still in James chapter four. It says brothers and sisters do not slander one another. Anyone who speaks against a brother or sister or judges them speaks against the law and judges it. When you judge the law, you are not keeping it, but sitting in judgment on it. There is only one lawgiver and judge, the one who is able to save and destroy. But you, who are you to judge your neighbor? Man. In the podcast right now. (laughs) That's it. (laughs) Bro, that, that, I mean, that seriously is it. I mean, that is just a drop mic slam dunk end. Yeah, man. I mean, that's that's just really good stuff. And uh, I, you know, that's just a couple of verses from James chapter four. I, I encourage the listener to uh, finish reading that chapter because it's it's, it's, just, it's hard stuff to read. It's phenomenal stuff. But that's the that's the thing, right? Is we should always be in the mindset, you know, like we're talking about. You don't know who's anointed. Yep. You may not like the worship. You may not like the sermon or whatever. But who are you? Yeah, this is literally the the scripture. <laughs> this is literally who in the world are you? You are, know, are like, you God? Like you think you're better than God? Exactly. Like I understand we get frustrated in ministry sometimes when we feel like things aren't going the way that we want them to go. But at the same time, and there's nothing wrong with that. Like a lot of times, people will see something and they just don't want to say anything. Yeah, you know, they could watch. You know, you know, you can watch the pastor go up there and let's just say like you know his pants are off, you know, at the, and just be like, Oh, you know, I don't want to say anything. I don't want to say anything, you know, to the leader, you know, and it's the thing of, we got to work with them. You know, I know that's a stupid goofy. Did you just say his pants are like, he's just walking up in his beefy Hanes. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) see like uh, some people in the church don't want to say anything. They don't want to say, I can't say anything because he is the anointed one. Yeah. I can't say anything. You know, it might be something that's in those. No, it's, we got to work with our pastors Mm -hmm. and it's a, if we see something and it's, we get frustrated about it. Go to that leader, talk to him, say, Hey, how can I come? You know, never come to your leader without having an answer. Yeah. Yeah. And, but how can we walk alongside him? It says, Hey, I see that there is an issue. 
I see that there's some falter. How can I come alongside you to make God's ministry better? Yeah. And as humans, right, if you feel like something isn't right or something like I feel like it should be this way or whatever, we're humans. It's not a sin to think that. It becomes sinful and becomes something against God when you start you know, gossiping when you start yep. talking behind people's back. If I was the pastor. Here, here's the thing as a believer. Here's the thing you need to think. Whatever thought that you're thinking, uh, you know, I don't like the worship. I don't like the way this person does this on the stage. I don't like this, all that. The thought that you're thinking, right? That's not the sinful thing. Who are you about to say that thought to? And if it's not the person that you're thinking it about, you shouldn't be saying it. Submit all your thoughts to Christ. Yeah, exactly. Submit your thoughts to Christ. But if 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 you are, say you have a problem with your worship leader, if you are not going and talking to either your senior pastor who is over that stuff or the worship leader themselves, if you are not going and talking to them, you shouldn't be talking about it anyway. Yep. Because all you're doing is causing a rumbling mm-hmm. up underneath, and that's what Absalom did. Cause of bitterness, they cause strife. And going back to this, what I was saying earlier, he has so many qualities that would make him even better than David. You know, he's handsome, he's well spoken, he's, you know, obviously we see that he's able to woo an entire, you know, city yeah. toward him. So he's able, to, he has so many amazing qualities. But God did anoint him. Why? It's because his heart. Yeah. God knew his heart. And yet David, the one who's the lowliest, the one who's out in the farm tending the sheep, God says, I want him. Mm-hmm. And we ask ourselves, you know, we we ourselves, we look at ourselves wanting to walk in a ministry. God says, hey, I want you to be a pastor over this ministry. And you say, God, I can't. Mm-hmm. I am not well-spoken. I don't know the Bible well. I cannot woo an entire crowd. I'm not a fiery pastor who can have everyone at the tip, you know, just hanging on every word I say. But God says, I don't care. You have a heart that wants more of me. Mm-hmm. You have a, a genuine heart who will actually shepherd these people well than any person who has more charisma. Not, you know, obviously not saying that you having these qualities means that you shouldn't be in ministry. No. But it's our heart. Mm-hmm. We see that Absalom had so many things that made him such a, a dynamite person. But if you don't have the heart, it does not matter how many good qualities you have. And in the vert, you know, flip side of that, if you feel like you don't, that you're the lowliest, that you don't have anything good, that you don't have anything for God, you are wrong. Yeah. Because if you have the heart, God can make you a king over a city. And, you know, obviously not saying that probably happened nowadays, but, um, God can make mighty men out of mighty men and mighty women out of you if you just give God your heart. Yeah. And and that's the that's just the thing, man. That's the thing about life. We're not just talking about ministry here, but yeah. life. Give God your all. Give him your heart. Yeah. Because that's the whole point of Jesus coming down here and saying, "Look, it's not about what you look like on the outside now. It's about what's in your heart." And if what's in your heart uh, doesn't align with with like what God wants or whatever, or doesn't align biblically, 
then we've got some fixing to do. It doesn't mean that you're all bad and you're going to be bad forever. Yep. But you just, you got some fixing to do. But how do you do, how do you fix that? How do you fix a hard issue? It starts with humility. It yes. starts with being humble. Remembering where, like, what, you know, I have to do this to myself a lot of like, God, I, I was supposed to be nothing. I look back at like how, you know, I'm not bashing in my family members, but I'm like looking at like the perpetual cycle that could have been. I'm like, God, thank you. I don't deserve to be even able to be in your ministry, let alone have the thoughts and have the pride saying, I should, I know better than these people. No, God, I had the opportunity to even be here in the first place. I had the opportunity to even walk into your church and be able to praise your name. Yeah. Yeah. It's, that's definitely that's something that we should always keep uh, at the forefront. Yeah. It's like, I get to do this. God has, you know, God has enabled me to do this. Um, he, you know, whether he's anointed me or chosen me, however you want to phrase that, he's put you in the position that he's put you in for a reason, and you're going to be there for a time. But like we said with this false humility, is there is it comes to a point where essentially – you know, as a as a person, if you're on stage, it's really really easy to get. I don't want to say like addicted. I don't. I can't think of a different word right now. But just to the feeling of being on stage in front of people and leading them and stuff like that. And oh man, this is what I live for, type thing. And you yeah. can start to skew off in a different direction from what God wanted you to originally do. Is go up on stage and teach people how to worship. It's not about being in front of people. It's not yeah. about you know. Uh, he, ooh, here's a here's a good question here. How many? <laughs> this is a this is a this might step on people's toes, right? Because we're all about production in the church nowadays. Yep. But how many worship leaders would still be leading worship if the curtains were closed? <sighs> how many worship leaders would still be leading worship? Because the because here's the thing: is you're leading worship, the people in the crowd can hear you. But if the cur- if the curtains in front of you were closed, if there was something in front of you where the people couldn't see you, would you still be leading worship? It's good. I feel like that's a that I feel like that's a part of what we're talking about with uh, this false humility, this Absalom type thing, where it's like, oh, God has me here, and the people love me, and all this stuff. But if you weren't the face, if you weren't the one in the front, would you still be doing it? Would you yeah. feel Would you still feel like God is using you if you weren't? the person that's the first thing people see. Cause it all goes back to where's your heart is your heart saying, I want to be seen. I want to be able to preach or is it say, I got, I'm here because of you. Yeah. I'm here because you've called me. I'm here because you've taken me from nothing and get, and gave me glory. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, like we can, we can all have heart issues, right? If we don't check ourselves regularly. Yes. We can all have heart issues. Pride can start to well up in anybody. You know, I've struggled with pride. I've, I know people have struggled. I don't, is there a human that's ever been alive that hasn't struggled with pride? I mean, come on now. Like, if for for Christians to think, oh, well, that's not something I struggle with, you're lying to yourself. Yep. You do. You do struggle. And that's one of the worst things that you can allow to take root in your life. That's biblical. Yep. Right? Like, you can't say, well, that's not something I struggle with. You know, for instance, when I was younger and I was in middle school, high school area, uh, area, whatever I'm saying, middle school, high school uh, era. Yeah, era. Yeah. There you go. 
I struggled hardcore with like lust and porn and all that stuff, right? Yeah. But I never struggled with like, for instance, drugs or drinking alcohol. That's something that I could say, oh, I, I haven't struggled with that because I haven't. I haven't. I've, I've never been one to want to drink, never been one to want to do drugs. And I, I have personally not struggled with that. And I'm not judging anybody that does. I'm just saying as an example, I have never struggled with that. But I cannot say, and I feel like nobody can say, pride is not something you struggle with. Yeah. Because you are human. And humans want to be on top. Yep. And so, you know, now David is going, It's again, it's just a mirror, uh, just a complete reversal of what he did as a kid, uh, being raised up and everything. And so... Now we look at it just saying, okay, if you're a leader and something's happening below you and you don't know how to deal with it, what do we do? And what does David do? David says, okay, God, again, this is not my kingdom. This is yours. This is your people. And I thank you that you've let me lead them up into this far. I'm going to walk away and I'm going to see what you do. Mm-hmm. Now in the Bible, obviously they had a battle and everything and God said, okay, I want you to continue to remain king. And Absalom died. And there was a lot of people who died because of it. And so it just goes to show you that how we conduct ourselves isn't just about us and our heart. Yeah, God is going to judge us for how we act, yes. But also in the Bible, it says that over 20,000 people died and also many more died in the forest. Yeah. So it wasn't just him. But because of what he did, he caused so much chaos, so much destruction. And just for what? Just because he wanted to take something that he wanted? Yeah. He wanted the power. And it's just, we have to have our hearts humble and just saying, okay, God. You know, like I said, Absalom had so much potential. So much potential. But the one thing that God cares about the most is your heart. Mm-hmm. If you don't have that and you have the wrong heart, you can cause so much chaos. We are, we are, we are amazing beings in the fact that we can do so much beautiful things if we have a good heart, but we can also cause so much destruction if we have a bad heart. Yeah. And I think the thing about that is right. A lot of people died because Absalom led them that way. But the thing that we have to realize is uh, if you have enough, if, (laughs) if you have enough charisma, yeah, can lead anybody anywhere dog like if you have enough charisma and you're good at speaking you can lead anybody anywhere that doesn't mean and and that doesn't mean that they were necessarily sent by god or anything and not and to go back with what we were talking about i can't say they're not anointed i can't say they weren't sent by god i don't know that i'm not a judge right i can listen to the discernment of the holy spirit that's a good thing to listen to right that's a good thing to study biblically and to seek out yep but if you have enough charisma and good public speaking, you can lead people off a cliff and they would never question you. Yep. And that's essentially what happened with Absalom is he was just kind of like letting it happen. And anytime as people asked him, are you leading a rebellion? He was like, eh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Am I <laughs> like, and it's just one of those things where it's like, if you're, if you're going to be a person that causes strife in the church, if you're going to be a person that causes strife in ministry or in the church or in your job, whatever, don't do it in the dark. If you're going to do it, do it out in the open. I mean, let's not do it at all. Well, well I know what you mean. I know. I don't, I would rather you not do it, 
But what I'm saying is, is if you're that type of person that loves to just gossip behind people's back and cause a bunch of drama and cause a bunch of strife, do it out in the open. And you're probably thinking right now, well, I don't want to do that. People would see me. Then you shouldn't be doing it at all. Exactly. Yeah. So like, if you're going to be bad, be bad. You know what I'm saying? Like, So this is a, <clears throat> this is going to be a weird little tangent here, but I've actually been listening to Jordan Peter- Peterson's uh, 12 Rules for Life. Yeah, 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 yeah. And talking about how we are so destructive, but also we can be so beautiful. Mm-hmm. That's one thing I've been pondering about a lot is I look back in my life, right? And I've had some friend groups where because of my decisions, I've led them to do things that were sinful, led them into sin. And some of them, yeah, bounce back. Some of them, you know, not so much. And I, I do have to deal with, you know, me thinking to myself, what if I didn't do that? And, you know, it's, it's a guilt I do carry. And I, um, but at the same time, if we did that in the opposite way of saying, Hey, I'm going to lead my friend group that they followed me down to the gates cause I led them there. But what if, I, what if I led them to Jesus like that? Mm-hmm. Well, I have the opportunity and I have the voice, even if you are in your life and you think, Oh, no one listens to me. You have a friend group that listens to you and you can either lead them to hell or you can lead them to Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that, that's the whole thing, right? That's the whole point of the gospel. That's the whole point of following Jesus is the thing is, is, is people are following you. It doesn't matter if it's two people in your friend group or whatever, but people are noticing you and they know you're a Christian and they're following you or they're at least they're paying close attention because you are a Christian and maybe they're not. Are you leading them to believe that they should be a Christian? Are you leading them believe, to believe that Jesus is a good thing? Or are you leading them elsewhere? Like, are, are you leading them down this path where they think that Jesus teaches pride and Jesus teaches this and all this stuff? You know, and I'm, and I'm saying this is from the point of, a you know, this person that's watching you as a person that has not seeked out Jesus themselves. Yeah. Right? You know, and, you know, we a lot of times uh, are some we are the only example of Jesus that some people might see mm-hmm. in their day or in their, in their month or in their life, whatever. Um, and how are we doing it? Are we, are we doing it in a prideful way? Or are we doing it in a, Oh God put me here yeah, type thing? Or are we doing it in a, I'm just here. I, I don't know why God wants to use me, but here I am and I'm going to love you in the best way I can in the best way that God has given me tools to do. I mean, who, who do you think God wants? Do you think a God wants a person who can write the best sermon in the world, but have no heart for it and not ask God what he thinks about it? Mm-hmm. Well, a person that says, God, I don't even, I don't even know where to start on writing a sermon, but I need you. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing, man. Is like, you don't forgot to call you to be a preacher or a speaker or anything. You don't have to already have the skill of public speaking. No, you don't have to have that. A lot of people are, uh, you know, like introverts, right? Yeah. You got introverts and extroverts. A lot of introverts are like, my goodness, I don't want to speak in front of people. I don't want to be even around people, much less speak in front of them, right? Yeah. But God could still use you. I mean, Moses. I mean, look look at Moses. I mean, another Old Testament heavy hitter. It's just when God called him at the burning bush, he says, God, I, I can't speak. I don't, I don't know how to do this. I don't know. I, I can't do any of that. Why are you choosing me? I have nothing good about me. That's going to help this situation. Yeah. And God says your heart. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. 
And this is, uh, obviously this is a serious moment and I'm not trying to take it into a funny area, but something just popped in my head. <laughs> All right. You know, when I, and normally when I read scripture or somebody's talking, like I'll, I'll play these scenarios out in my head. And I don't know if you ever watched the WWE growing up wrestling. You definitely ruined this moment. But I yeah. have ruined this moment, dude. <laughs> it's about your heart. Let's be clear here. But... In the WWE, there were two characters back in the, I don't, it was before my time, but I've seen videos. It was The Rock and Stone Cold Steve Austin. And basically, somebody would be talking. <laughs> I'm getting there. Somebody would be talking, and they would just cut them off in the mid-sentence, be like, I don't care, you know, whatever, because this is the bottom line. And I just imagined just then, as you were saying that, Moses being like, God, I stutter. And God just like the rock being like, I don't care what you, I don't care what you struggle with. You're going to do it. Like, you know, I think that <laughs> I want God to speak to me like that. Dude. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, no, I mean, it's, if we aren't coming from a place of humility and we aren't coming from a place of God, I am here, use me. Yeah. Um, like we said last uh, last episode where, you know, you have your hands open so that God can place and remove stuff as needed. Um, you know, that way we never hold on to something too long. We never hold on to something longer than God wants us to. You know, I could spend 40 years doing the same thing in ministry, and I'm sure I would help people. Yeah. I'm sure I would. But uh, there's two things, right, is God could call me, to do something else and I could number one help more people than I would have if I'd stayed doing this thing right but also I could be uh healthier happier yeah. all this stuff because I followed God and because I'm sitting in his will and th that's the prayer right that's the prayer is that I want to sit directly in God's will yeah. I don't want to be anywhere else I mean you you look at even jumping forward into the Bible with the disciples you know you look at a lot of them and I, I mean I I honestly just look at all these heavy hitters in the Bible, you know, just disciples, and you're like, man, how do I strive to be as good as they are? Mm -hmm. Going around to different countries, starting ministries, heavy, you know, just going in, bringing so many people to Christ, and you're like, man, these are astonishing people. Mm -hmm. But who were they at the beginning? They were just fishers. They were tax collectors. They were, they were just common people. But what changed is God said, hey, I see your heart and I see what you can be, yeah. you know. And so that's kind of my heart of, the, of, of this message right now is just saying, if you're looking into going into ministry and you're saying, I can never, I can never be like Paul. I can never be as amazing as, uh, as all these different people in the Bible. They were just regular people, but God's the one who took them to that different level. And if you feel like you are nothing, if you feel like that you can't strive somewhere where God's calling you, you're wrong. Because if God can take people like David, just a shepherd, knowing nothing, but his heart took him and God said, hey, I'm going to change you. I'm going to I'm going to give you the wisdom to be a king. You might not have it now as a shepherd, but I'm going to give you wisdom. I'm going to give you discernment. I'm going to give you all that you need in the season you're in right now to become who I've called you to be. Is there going to be pain? Yes. We see that Saul came after him. Absalom came after him. There was so much pain, but through all that, what happened at the end, God said, you are the vessel and you have gone through the challenges. And he, and in the book, it talks a lot about how David went through that. So he killed a Saul in his heart, you know, 
there's a lot of times where people are saying like, why don't you strike him down? Why don't you strike him down? He goes, because I'm not going to do the same thing Saul did. I'm not going to throw spears and I'm going to become just like him if I do it. I'm not. I'm going to become who God wants me to be. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think that's good, man. I think, I think we've gotten everything we need to get over in this book without reading it directly on the podcast. Right. Um, you know, I think for the listener, you know, think, uh, you know, question yourself, have a, have a healthy bit of conversation with yourself. And, you know, am I, am the way I'm leading right now, the way I'm serving, the way I'm working, am I saw, am I more like David Am I more like Absalom right now? And just question yourself so that you can stay in a healthy um, habit. But here's the thing I want to, the last thoughts for me on this topic is the thing about David. And, you know, if you read David's story in the Bible and you read everything that happened, the thing is, is that once he got anointed, once he became king, did he stop making mistakes? No. No. So, like, you got all these people, right, sitting below or sitting beneath, say, your pastor or whatever. They were anointed and they were put there by God. And the thing is, is even if you were anointed and put there by God, you're still human. Yep. And you're still going to make mistakes. And that doesn't mean that they're any less anointed. It doesn't mean that they're any less, uh, you know, in the will of God that God wants them to be there. Now, obviously, Saul, Saul made a mistake directly against something God told him not to do. Yeah. Right. And, and, you know, the Bible, we're supposed to be living biblically and things like that. But just because somebody has been put somewhere by God doesn't mean that they cannot and will not make mistakes. Don't hold them on that pedestal. Because yep. if you hold your pastor on that pedestal that they have to be perfect, you're going to be disappointed every single time. And a lot of that, you know, like you are just talking about, you know, something like that happens, your pastor makes a mistake. And then that's when that Absalom comes in you saying, oh, he made a mistake. Mm-hmm. If I was the pastor, I wouldn't have done that. Mm-hmm. You know, I could have seen that coming from a thousand miles away. How foolish of a man that can be. And then we get the Absalom in our hearts. We get that pride. We get that bitterness. And it says, well, we can't hold our pastor to the same level as Jesus because he's going to make mistakes. You know, our pastors are going to make mistakes. But that's when we got to come alongside our pastor and say, hey, no matter what it was, we're going to keep this. We're going to keep this going. I want to I want to help you, you know. It, again, like I, I think of like deficiencies of like, you know, if let's say we have a pastor who doesn't know how to, who doesn't, who has, who struggles with social media, let's just say that. And you say, man, our pastor is doing a terrible job at the social media. This is terrible. Hey, pastor, I want to help out with our social media page. I like mm. to, I like to come up here and volunteer. I want to just, you know, what do you want out of this website? I want to have your vision that you have for this church. I want you, the vision that God has given you, I want to help take that and run with it in this different format. Yeah. yeah and you know what that's called? That's called standing in the gap, otherwise known as filling in the <laughs> filling in the gap. The whole point of this podcast, dog, we brought it back around. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I think we've hit it on the head. I think we've talked about all we can. Um, we encourage you to find this book, read it, study yes, it for yourself, yes. and but read it along with Scripture. Dude, I was crying. I ain't going to lie. When I was reading them, I was tearing up because there were so many parts of this book. I was like, that's me. Mm-hmm. I've, I've made that mistake. How I'm so stupid. I, I should have seen this from a mile away, but this book really opens your eyes of like, man, yeah. that was me. Yeah. 
That's for sure. But um, but we hope you enjoyed this little two part uh, episode. If you want us to go into more stuff like this, let us know. You know, share, like, all that stuff. Uh, let us know you're liking it. But if you have any questions about missions or ministry or the podcast, or you have a topic you want us to to hit on, send us an email to fillingthegap23 at gmail dot com. Um, it, we we are loving recording this podcast. We thank you for listening. Tune in next week.